Catch me at FF Larry Monkey. And, uh, you know, as always, I'm here with Justin Rogers. And if anybody wants to follow that guy on Twitter, then, you know, you can go to uh, Mr. Well, no, Mr. It's just at Run DFF. What's up, number? Oh, man. So you started that intro and I was sitting up and I was like, what's what feels weird about this? I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm not laying down. I got to get settled in here. Oh, that's so, right. It's going to be a nice, lovely evening. I got some beers in front of me. So. I know. When I started the intro, you were sitting up in a tree, uh, you know, filling your cheeks with nuts, save, uh, saving up for the winter time. you know, like a squirrel. They call them squirrels down in Mississippi? Yes, that's what we call them. <laughs> I don't know what they call them in Arkansas, but in Mississippi, we call them squirrels. Arkansas? I thought it was Arkansas. What are you talking about? Arkansas. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Jersey folks would pronounce it as Arkansas. <laughs> Uh oh! What was that? Did you hear a noise? I, I heard a little squeak. <laughs> it must have been a squirrel from Arkansas. <laughs> I am a little squirrely from time to time. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I don't know, man. You got a fancy intro for uh, for our guest? Let's see what you got, Run DFF. Do you have time for to prepare? I didn't. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Sometimes I got a little quip or something. I got nothing. I got nothing. Oh my god, nothing. If I have a month old child. I don't have time to think about anything. I'm sure our guest would love to hear about your four and a half week old baby. Fantasy alarm and the, I don't know, the lightning round and fighting chance. He's all over the place, man. I mean, this is big time, Justin. Normally when we have like a fancy guest, we usually we usually do a, it's like a daytime podcast, right? Like we're just going, going mainstream tonight. What do you think? Just set aside some nighttime for us. It's amazing. Yes. So you can find her on Twitter at Brit underscore Flynn. Welcome to the show! Woohoo! Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. It's uh, also, I know you uh, Jersey guys don't get it, but down in the South, it's not Mississippi, it's Mississippi. 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 I can yeah, those, those, all those S's <laughs> blend together. It's just Mississippi. I can yep. spell it with crickets. I can spell it with crickets. I cricket letter, cricket letter A. <laughs> Let me go cricket letter, cricket letter B. You just okay. learned the crooked letter, crooked letter I, crooked letter, crooked letter I, humpback, humpback. I just taught you that like a year ago. Now Dude. he still can't do it. Dude, He's like, crooked letter, crooked letter. <laughs> now you're from oh, Arkansas, but I did say Arkansas in the, um, before we were about to go live. And I got a reaction I wasn't expecting exactly. Is that like the, you know, is that like a, is that like an, an insult from the, from the North when uh, somebody pronounces it Arkansas? Is that like saying Oregon? You know, yeah. Oregon, or I guess Mississippi instead of Mississippi. Yeah, or Arkansas. Arkansas is the worst. I'm Arkansas like, people just say that to rile us up. And I'm like, please <laughs> do not ever phonetically put Kansas anywhere close to us. But <laughs> yeah, I, that was what I was trying to get at, Larry. If you really wanted to jab, you, you go with the whole Arkansas part. Oh, see, I just, I just like saying and then she, I'm surprised she didn't log off right then. <laughs> still with us after i said arkansas like i made time to stay late with you guys and then i get the arkansas <laughs> right off the bat like what is happening here y'all is it, is it late? <laughs> what, what time is it uh down there for over in your direction it's 8 40 like larry yeah. 8 40 all right so that's not too bad you know but... you're a young pup though you, you're like getting ready to go to the club after this aren't you no young pup. <laughs> I'm, an old, I'm an old lady you just went to a music festival. We can get into that right out of the gate. 
you know, I'm a music festival guy. So uh, when I saw that, caught that on your timeline, I was like, oh, wow. It just resonated with me. And I was like, I want to get, I want her on the show. She she likes music festivals. So uh, what was that all about? So I've been going to music festivals for years and years and years. And um, I worked in a music venue for five years. So live music is something that I've really always enjoyed. And, you know, after the pandemic, we weren't really able to go see anything because it wasn't just that venues were shut down, but even when they opened back up, nobody was touring. So we finally kind of got to go out to a big festival again. And we, that's where my husband and I got engaged actually was at summer camp oh. festival um, in 2016. So oh, we tried Yeah. So we try to go every year. Um, Umphreys McGee puts it on with Mo. So that's kind of who we always go see, but they just always have this big eclectic mix of bands. And we always end up stumbling into somebody that we didn't intend on seeing. And it always just blows our mind. Um, this year we camped right next to the, um, the Starshine stage, which was more of like the EDM kind of alternative jam band stage. And so Ooh. we got to see a lot of cool acts that we wouldn't have normally seen just when we were chilling at our camp. So, you know, we got to check out Maddie O'Neill and Sunburn and Opio. And then we found Maggie Rose and Death Kings and just a whole ton of uh, different artists that don't really come down south a whole lot. So it was pretty cool to get out there and just camp in a field and kind of get wild for a, for a few days. Summer camp is in Chicago, right? Or um, it, yeah, it's in Illinois. It's in Chillicothe right outside of Peoria. Um, there was actually a tornado warning about 30 minutes to an hour south of us when we were camped in the field. And we're like, <laughs> well, shit. we can't go anywhere. So we got a bunch of bad storms. So our tent ended up flooding because apparently it's been in storage. And I set it all up. Everything was fine. What you can't see is that the waterproof seams had come off. So literally the tent was flooding uh, the very first night that we were there. So luckily we had a big enough car. We just like rolled out our mats in the car and just kind of chilled in there and, and made it work. It was fun. I'm really fascinated by this whole uh, engagement. Like what, what was the, what was that scene? Like, what did, was it a specific band? Like, was there a setup? Like, or was it just like, I'm, I'm super fucked up. Will you marry me? <laughs> so this is, well, this is actually a little bit of a long story. Um, I guess he had been planning on asking me at summer camp for a while and he had texted his mom and asked his mom for her ring. And so what he Ooh. didn't know was that his phone was connected with his iPad. Oh, so I no. saw, so I saw that she was sending him the ring. Oh, what are you doing so stalking? I, uh, his, I, it, no, uh, I was, it was, it was totally an accident. I was just playing like <laughs> some bullshit, you know, mindless game trying to go to sleep while he was at work and then this message popped up like i totally was not sneaking not trying to ruin the surprise but that said once i finally figured out that the surprise was going to happen is when i got like all sneaky and started like dropping hints like i knew you know oh no and then he <laughs> knew that i knew and so he just drug it out drug it out drug it out and so it was like five o'clock the final day of the festival and i started getting all pouty because nice. i'm like whatever oh my god like, i you the yeah, whole I'm like, fucking weekend or just like, <laughs> when are you going to do it? I know you're going to do it. I know you know I'm going to do it, so I'm not going to do it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, my gosh. We were it was it was a mess. But then I started getting pouty and I was like, whatever, I want to go back and take a nap. And so we went to take a nap and he's like, well, hey, um, I have something for you. And I'm like, no, I'm sleeping. And, <laughs> and he's like, no, really roll over. And so I rolled over and, you roll know, he, over. and then he's like. He's like, I was going to ask you during the last show of the night 
And I was like, oh, but you still can in front of all our friends. I won't tell anyone. And so I put my ring in my backpack and he's like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Don't lose this ring. (laughs) And I'm like, like, okay, I won't lose the ring. (laughs) So we're sitting in camp with a bunch of friends. I go to pull out something out of my backpack and it pops the ring case. And the centerpiece of this engagement ring ends up flying out. And we're camped in a bed of ivy, getting dusky. We can't see anything. And all of my friends were like, what was that? And I'm like, guys, we have to find this before he gets back. Oh, my God. So he comes back to camp. We're all crawling around on our hands and knees in the ivy. And he goes, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, remember that thing that you told me to not do? And his eyes just got big as saucers. And he was like, no, you didn't. And I was like, yeah, we're looking for the centerpiece. We ended up finding it. Everything was fine. But then... After we found it, we're like, guess what, guys? We're engaged. (laughs) It's just the craziest like engagement story ever. Nothing went as planned. But honestly, considering how the two of us are and our personality, I don't think it could have gone any better (laughs) for or made a better story. Holy shit. I would have panicked if I if the ring I had bought was like the diamond was just in a in the dirt somewhere. Yeah. Oh, and we were camped like in a probably two or three inch bed of ivy, like in the middle of the woods. It wasn't just like short grass, anything. It was insane. (laughs) I'm curious. I'm I'm curious now, uh, Justin, how did you uh, propose to you? Oh, I went around. So your baby mama. Yeah, right. My (laughs) baby mama now. I went around to like uh, significant places and and made a little video at each place. What? And then then played the video in my living room and then popped the question. So, oh. How come I've never heard this before? I don't know, man. And I did that, and uh, I told her afterwards, "Well, I planned a big steak dinner, but we need to stop by the bar I work at because there's a there's a, some friends' Christmas party, and I just need to make an appearance." And little oh. did she know, I had all her friends and family there. Oh, for like a post engagement little party thing. So I rented out the party room at the bar. And then, so we were there and we're hanging out. And she's like, So are we not having steak? And I was like, No, we're not going to the steakhouse. <laughs> this is the party. <laughs> so, she's like, But I wanted steak, though. Yeah. Well, she finished her first semester of grad school and she was like, Oh, we're going to celebrate. That's how, that's how I figured I could get her like dressed up and everything. It's like, We're going to go have a steak dinner and, you know, to celebrate your first semester. And then I thought, Question. Then I'm like, okay, we're still going to steak dinner, but we're going to stop by the bar, and then we're not going to steak dinner. And she's like, motherfucker. I wanted a medium rare filet. Wow. That's my kind of woman right there. We were doing triathlons at the time, and I was going to propose at the end of one of our triathlons. We were doing like four or five, and we're down the Jersey Shore, so they're all like beach-related and stuff. The day before, she's like, oh, I don't feel good. I don't think I'm getting sick. And I'm like, totally ruining my entire plan right now by not feeling well. And, uh, you know, it's just, yeah. just, just like complaining. Jeez. I know we're down the shore too. Like we're waking up. We've got about like a half hour drive to go to the triathlon. Um, so she doesn't feel good. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do it tonight. And we'll walk out to the jetty. That's my you know, boom. Spur of the moment plan B. And the jetty is just all these rocks that go out into the ocean. And, you know, that's what a jetty sun, is. Yeah. We got sun, that part. Sun setting. Well, I don't know. You guys are like inland. You know about lakes and shit. I don't know if you're down with the ocean and stuff. <laughs> so she passed on. Apparently, we're from the South. So we don't know what the hell words are. Like, words. Oh, I know. Listen we're to me. Down Mr. Here. Listen, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what some of that, some stuff you guys talk about is. That's true. You don't. <laughs> I know what gigging for frogs is, though. Digging for frogs. Gigging. Gigging. Stabbing. 
they don't gig for they don't gig for frogs in Arkansas. Very few people actually do, Larry. (laughs) When you watch TV, you're like, man, all these Southerners go frog gigging. And then you talk to a Southerner and you're like, I've never gone frog gigging in my life. Frog gigging. Might be right. like a Florida thing, like a weird yeah. Florida thing. Oh, I could walk awesome. around the ditches in our neighborhood and definitely gig some frogs, but uh, then I would just have a pile of dead frogs. Well, gigging for frogs means you're just like catching frogs, right? No, you take a, a long stick with a with a poker on the end of it and you stab the frog and you pick <laughs> it up and put it in a bag. So Larry, stabbing <laughs> frogs, yeah. how about your engagement story? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll wrap it up. I'll put a nice bow on this one. So, yeah. So, uh, she didn't feel, I don't feel good. She doesn't even feel good enough to walk out into the jetty. So, that, that plan's foiled as well. So, so, I'm just, I get hammered. I have to do a triathlon the very next day. And wait, wait, time out, time out, time out. First, you're like, I get hammered because I got to do a triathlon. That's not the way. No, we went out to dinner and she kept poo pooing all of my grand proposal ideas i have this I have this ring in my pie i'm ready to take care of business oh, here. i know that feeling yeah and i'm just like i'm pounding beers and, and you know how i pound beers i'm sitting there pounding beers while she's giving me every excuse in the book to not get engaged <laughs> so uh yeah i wake up the next morning um i feel like shit i do this triathlon it's one of the, one of the first uh first races i ever like stopped and like walked a little bit. <laughs> I was like hurting, man. I was hurting. Yeah. yeah, finished the race, went back home, and and went back to the beach house, and it was you know it was just me and her, and just did it in this beach house in the bedroom of a beach house, our family beach house at the time. Did you like tell her a hundred times since then what your plan was? Like, oh yeah, of course. We I'm going to do this at the triathlon, but you I emailed the guy in charge of the triathlons, and I was like, "I'm going to cross the finish line, and when she crosses the finish line, I will be there with one on one knee." You know, and it was like, and it's the it was the Lava Love Triathlon in Lava Love, oh, New Jersey, been, on the beach. That, that, was the, that was the other part of it. That it was the other been part so of it. perfectly cliche. Yeah. Yes. 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 And yeah. she really but how did you know that you were going to finish before her? Oh, because, <laughs> I'm, a, uh, because right yeah, I'm a faster runner. After the beers, it. though, I don't know. She felt like yeah. crap. What do you want to get into? Let's get into Brit here. Let's talk about it, man. How'd you get into fantasy football? So it was kind of a serendipitous thing. And also my bullheadedness. I've always loved football. I've Loved it from a young age. That was always kind of my dad and I's thing. And I'm definitely dating myself here, but like the 90s Cowboys and the their Super Bowls, you know, that's what I watched my dad. And um, so when my husband and I started dating, he said that he had a fantasy football draft. And I'm like, I want to be in it. Let me in it. Get me in it. And I just was incessant and wouldn't stop. And he's like, have you ever even done one before? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> but I can. And so jumped into this league. It was like a hundred dollar league, um, 12 team full PPR had a couple of IDP spots. So it was Ooh. kind of, you know, decently involved for my first um, league that I was ever in. And I ended up winning this league. No. And they yeah. were pissed. Oh my God. They were texting yeah, my Because you were a girl, right? Yeah. They were Hashtag literally WOFF, right? Women of Fantasy. Yes. Shout out. But they were, they were texting my husband and being like, you drafted her team for her. There's no way she could have done this. And he's like, I'm in this league too. Don't you think I wanted to win it? Like if I drafted her team, I would have drafted my team just as well. They were super pissed. But after that, I was hooked. And then everybody around here found out I was in fantasy and just the leagues kept adding up, adding up, adding up. And I'm pretty much a fantasy certified addict right now at this point. How many leagues are you in now? Do you know off the top of your head? Um, The 
the ones where you actually have to set the rosters, I'm yes. currently in around um, 15. Okay. What do we call those? What do we call those, Justin? Lineup setting leagues. Yes, yes. sir. Lineup setting leagues. We, yeah. we do differentiate because best ball, you could draft a million best balls. But when you start to do lineup setting leagues and Sunday morning comes around, that's when it gets intense. Yeah. Yeah. And now, I'm not going to lie. I had a bunch going on last season, and then it was my first year doing um, the start-sit show with Kevin and Gary, who were part of Fighting Chance and Lightning Round. And uh, there were a couple times I got finished with the show, and people just started texting me start-sit questions. And I'm like, yeah, I'll answer you. I'll answer you. I'll answer you. And then uh, by answering them, I was like, oh, shit, it's noon. And I <laughs> didn't double-check my lineups. Right. But, yeah. um, <laughs> now that's a, it's a learning experience to know to do that. Well, you know what, folks? You know what I hear there is that she is more concerned about you guys than she is her own team. How about oh, that? We got something. She has that's, something that's in common. A true analyst. We uh, had Liz Loza on the show, and she said the same thing. Oh, really? Yes, that's sir. well. Yeah, that, that makes me feel better. There you go. <laughs> At least it's not me just being scatterbrained. Go I listen. I don't think I could do a Sunday morning show, like doing a pregame show. I just don't think I could do it because I'm so wound into my teams, like yeah. scouring, making sure that. All the uh, inactives, like none of them are in in my uh, lineup. I'm, like, I'm fighting uh, off my I'm fighting off my wife and kid uh, on Sunday mornings um, for football. Like I'm I'm just yeah. like like leave me alone. I have to run. I'm like I run to the bathroom and lock the door, and that's how I set my lineup. Sometimes I just go sit in my car because they don't know where I am, and I'll, I'll sit there because I need to like sit there and just bam 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 bam. Then Sunday footballs. It's 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 a challenge that morning, man. And my wife has like a whole. She knows I'm gonna be sitting and watching football for eight hours or whatever. <laughs> so she gives me this like ridiculous list to do. Like you can't watch football until you do all this crap. You know, <laughs> move this pile of bricks over to that side of the, of the room. Move, and then the next week it'll be like move this pile of bricks over to that side of the room. It's uh, the honeydew <laughs> list. Yeah, who was the guy that won you that title? Part of me being a homer. Especially in my first season, I was like, Cowboys are going to crush it this year. But yeah. that was the year that um, DeMarco Murray was the RB1. Nice. Um, oh, I was say, me and Justin can uh, get, try to guess the year this was. DeMarco Murray, that's fantastic. Oh, that was like 2013 yeah. uh, or 14 or something like that. 14. Yep. It was 14. I, won, I, I also won uh, one of my home leagues with that. And I traded Julius Thomas for DeMarco Murray after week one. Nice. Ooh. Because uh, Peyton Manning and Broncos. The two of them combined for five touchdowns in the first game. I just made the move because I, I don't care about tight end in, sure. in a redraft league. So I and feel then, like DeMarco Murray then, was crazy. He had like 1,800 yards and 19 touchdowns or something stupid. Yeah. yeah. And then Demarius Thomas was also on the Broncos. And then, yes. you know, Julius Thomas had that first really huge, great game. And Demarius Thomas was just the epitome of consistency that season. And so he had a great year. And then... I drafted Dez and paired him up with Romo. So I had a complete cowboy stack. I stacked before I knew it was cool, I guess. Um, but <laughs> I mean, totally I was. And then the next year I realized, don't always do that. Because then when your team sucks or your quarterback gets hurt, <laughs> it's not going to turn out well. <laughs> Justin, should we uh, dim the lights and ask the question? What's your fantasy? <laughs> What's your fantasy? Are you used to redraft, dynasty, keeper, DFS, Devi, best ball? Like, what, What's your what, preference? I always loved redraft. I think I'm too impatient for dynasty. I can't handle, you know, doing the rebuilds and training for picks. Like, I want instant gratification. I want to play waivers and dynasty. I mean, you can play waivers, but there's just not anybody ever really out there, you know. Mm. Um, I've kind of latched on to best ball here in the past few seasons just because it allows me to 
kind of practice drafting in a in a lucrative possibility situation mock drafts i'm kind of like i don't give a shit here we go here we go whatever best balls i at least have to be semi-invested um but redraft is just so much fun and Mm. you can you know you're never really stuck with anything you can always change i call redraft well no i have my home league redraft and then it's just charity leagues you know and 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 speaking of charity leagues you're a, a, a warrior bowl champion right so i didn't win my division i actually made it in um as a wild card because of my points but then i ended up nice. finishing um third overall in the finals mm. um but i was a, a fantasy cares eliminator champion last yes. season oh now you're talking our language well i just want to tell you when you win your warrior bowl division you get a fancy sleeper t-shirt i like that one justin like that sleeper t-shirt it says sleeper on the back it's a great t-shirt does it when you like pull it out the dryer does it make that obnoxious uh (laughs) notification dude listen (laughs) (laughs) so yeah the warrior bowl is a great charity league there's a million charity leagues out there but um i was the warrior bowl really rewards you for and it's a whole big thing and you win your division and you go to this other round robin tournaments just like all these other charity leagues well it's Um, just so cool to meet so many people so many fans of the nfl who live mm -hmm. on so many different continents like that's what blew my mind about the warrior role and then you just make all these friends and figure out you know Americans have their kind of Sunday tradition. Like you figure out what everybody else in different countries does for NFL Sunday. And it's just really cool to, you know, realize that you're sharing your passion with people all the way across the world. So yeah, yeah. it's super awesome. It's um, it's a, a global charity league, you know, since 2020, over 700 teams from 30 different countries around the world have, have taken part in it to raise, uh, you know, almost $50,000 so far. So it's, it's expanding every year. And another thing that Britain and I have in common, in addition to being successful in the Warrior Bowl, is we are both FCE Eliminator champions. So, so you do a lot of stuff. You do stuff for Fantasy Alarm, Fighting Chance, uh, in the lightning round with uh, Tompkins. How'd you become a part of the community? Man, honestly, it's so crazy. I never even thought of of producing content. I just knew that I loved fantasy football. And I also love yelling about fantasy football. (laughs) And so Twitter was kind of the, the sounding board for me to yell about fantasy football into the void. So, you know, yelling about my leagues, da, 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 da. And then um, Ryan Hallam from, I mean, the Godfather Fighting Chance, he works over at Fantasy Alarm now, kind of, I guess, somehow saw a tweet. I have no idea how, because I did not have followers at that point whatsoever. Um, and then kind of reached out and just started talking to me. And as it kind of went on and on, he's like, do you write? And I was like, yeah, I can write. And so he's like, okay, why don't you send me this uh, matchup write-up for week 14 for every fantasy relevant player? So I wrote like a 20 <laughs> or 30,000 word paper Holy shit. of literally like oh i mean it was God. straight up like thesis like every and single I, player in the fucking nfl huh <laughs> well, it was every it was what he asked for it was every fantasy relevant player like on every team in week 14 there weren't week 14 guys back then so it was 16 games and so i sent it to him and he's like holy shit okay mm-hmm. you you <laughs> can do this all right and so then he kind of hooked me up with the people over at fighting chance and they literally everybody in that space is just so welcoming and helpful and still to this day i'm like i don't know what i'm talking about i have massive imposter syndrome but they kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone and i started kind of just writing bits and pieces and then it became 
where I wrote a series every week last year for DFS value picks. And then um, I actually got with Fantasy Alarm as their customer experience agent. And that's what I do um, right now for them as well. And then I guess Bender found some of my content through that. And he's like, I really like the stuff that you put out. And then it's just kind of snowballed from there. I don't honestly, I still don't believe that this is real. I don't know how I got into this, but I'm incredibly thankful and just in disbelief that I'm in part of this community because I mean football's the shit. How about those boys in the in your league? Are they just like uh fuck uh, what I guess your boyfriend your, your husband's not helping you anymore. Uh, they know what's going on or are you like hiding it from them? Yeah. So we're mm-hmm. also in a um we were in a co-managed league. This year we're actually gonna split and I'm gonna have my own team finally. And the joke that the commissioner always uh throws out is like we all know that Brittany's running your team. Like you you don't run your team. Britt runs your team. Uh, <laughs> like, so how rewarding is that when you're you were just like they just like poo pooed you? Oh, who's this chick? Oh, your your boyfriend's running your team. Now all of a sudden now you're now they're accusing you of running the team. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a full circle thing. I mean, I've never been one to back down. I'm always super competitive, and I have a gigantic chip on my shoulder. If anybody tells me that I can't do something, I'm gonna make it my life's mission to prove you wrong. It just so happened oh. that I didn't have to take my entire life to do that. I proved him wrong, you know, within the span of a few months. So that worked out all right. So what do you think, Justin? I think we should get into some football. Scott Fish. So we're giving away a Scott Fish Bowl uh, invitation. On June 20th, we're having a special uh, 100-yard dash tournament where we're just going to have a heats and 100-yard dash. Like It's going to be like uh, like NCAA style almost. Yeah, you know? I can't wait right. to set the spreadsheet up. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> we give like, these magic words during the show, and then they they, they message, DM us on Twitter the, the words that we say to, to gain entries. And some of the entries are double entries, and we did a secret one at the very end of a show. And so it was Yeah, funny. maybe you can help us with the word in a little bit, Britt. We'll get to the Scott Fishbowl, but we do have another league to talk about, Larry. So, Britt, we, we, have, a, we have a 14-team dynasty league 14 team 11 starters it's a listener league we decided to add a copy to that league we're gonna make it a 28 team two division so we'll have two champions and maybe we'll figure out like a week 18 like pro bowl champion or something like that figure something out yeah so we're gonna do a second copy of the league we're looking for just a couple more people to join in it's a 14 teamer and i think we're 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 two or three spots away from filling it and i'm telling you there's some folks that are really antsy to draft like, yeah, I know. There's Rocky messaging me and be like, "Hey, Manolo, Manolo's like Manolo, I'll with some rando." Manolo's in Denmark. It's a funky league in the sense that our the future picks are in the startup. So the twenty four firsts, the twenty each- and the twenty four firsts for this division will be in the startup. So you can choose them along with players, but, but you're, choosing, you're not choosing yeah. like the one one. You're choosing like Larry Monkey's twenty three first or. Run DFS every, 24 first. Every year. first is assigned to every person in the league. So you if you if you see somebody having a crappy draft, you're be, you're gonna be like that guy. I'm taking that dude's first, and he draft that guy's first. That's you know? like a whole other level of sniping. I love oh, it. Man. Yes, you know, yes. <laughs> and, and, and the first some guy in our original startup, which was that last season, uh, Shane Manila traded up from Dynasty Trades HQ. Shane Manila traded up to snipe, or not to snipe, he traded up, yeah, probably to snipe, to take Hollywood, uh, the IDP guy, former IDP guy, he's not with IDP anymore, Hollywood Titans 23 first. Yeah, he he, he traded up to steal his first, and Hollywood saw this and was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker? (laughs) It's It's like a really organic way to create some 
shit talking and robbery. Yeah. I love that. And I love taking year, other people's handcuffs and like taking, you know, if they're trying to stack, just kind of yeah. like being like, nope, that's my guy. So this is just a total other way to be yeah. a shithead. It's only first round <laughs> picks. So everyone still has their second, third, fourth, or whatever. You know, it's just the first round. And you can stay in anyway, if you see see somebody taking first, you'll uh, you'll have an opportunity to take a first round pick. It just might not be yours. You have and to draft the other thing is that every year going forward. We have first round picks. So you never get your own first round pick unless you draft it. Oh. Um, and so like this year we had 25, uh, 24 firsts in the 22 rookie draft. The hot sauce listener league is almost full, baby. Let's do this. So, yeah, so DM me, Larry, or the show handle you know, at Renton DFF, at FF Larry Monkey, or at Dynasty Hot Sauce. All right. Yeah. So Arkansas is kind of a hotbed for uh, Cowboys fans, isn't it? Like it feels yeah. like because it's a no man's land, but. But the yeah. is that the closest is that the closest sports team? Um, the or, Chiefs or are actually closest. Yeah. Um, wow! Back, but for the most part, they're it's mostly Cowboys. I think we've seen a turn to the Chiefs since they got hot with Mahomes, but sure. still Cowboys. Nice. So you mentioned earlier that you your first draft you were like heavy Cowboys. Is that something that you still play? Like, do you are you, are you still kind of heavy into your own team, or have you become a little bit more fantasy agnostic? I've. It definitely pays to be fantasy agnostic, but I still cannot turn up or pass up a good value when it's there. And then once I take it, I'm like, well, I might as well stack this and da 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 da. And it worked really well, you know, that first year that I played, um, I think in 2019 with Dak and Amari Cooper and Zeke, you know, when they had those amazing years. But as a general rule, I don't think that just pinning all your hopes and dreams, especially with high draft picks on your favorite team, is a good way to play because then. On Sundays, you not only get disappointed when your team loses, you get disappointed when your fantasy team gets blown out of the water. So You know what? I really screwed the pooch on this one because Larry walked away, and this is something he needed to hear as a Jets fan, that you don't draft a bunch of Jets players. It's not going to help him anyway, so he's going to do it regardless. Well, the Jets uh, actually, they added a lot more position players this year. I think if they can get their stuff together, like it might be, you know, a decent – draft strategy but you're still yeah you're still Wilson, so there's that yeah i don't think drew lock 2.0 yeah. i mean what uh <laughs> he would hate me if he heard that he's going to listen back to this and be like motherfucker yeah and edit it and he's going to text yeah. you and be like so are you son of a bitch <laughs> yeah <laughs> so as far as uh the cowboys go and dak are you all in on him as the quarterback of your favorite team and is that parallel how you feel in fantasy or is there a separation in the two yeah i've always loved dak um Back before they drafted him, you know, Roma was getting older and we definitely needed somebody to kind of come in and be that new franchise quarterback. And I think the only reason that Dak fell to the fourth round was because he got that DWI and, you know, there were some character concerns. But if you watched him play and lead Mississippi State, who was kind of a shitty team to that many wins... For, well, they were that, I'm, I'm being nice. I'm trying yeah, to be that's nice. Sweet of you. That's very sweet. <laughs> but but I mean, he led them to a ton of wins because yep. he put that team on his entire back and he has that mentality and he's carried that over to Dallas. And I really do like that as, you know, a franchise style quarterback. I don't really know what to think of him in fantasy coming off of last year because, you know, they did limit his designed runs and kind of played a little more conservative with him. But then right. today they come out and say that they're going to use more designed runs. So who really knows? I still think he's a top 10 option. And, you know, especially if you if you want to wait and take value at the quarterback position and take studs elsewhere, then he's absolutely a, a viable option. But I've kind of been steering away from him in fantasy this season. I think that 
for dynasty, he's he's a value. But in redraft, he may be a little bit overrated. And, and I get what you're saying. Like, there's there's a lot of question marks around that offense. The first few years of his career, he was running touchdowns in left and right. I mean, that was the big thing. That was a separator for him as far as fantasy goes. Is getting six or seven touchdowns on the ground is a massive difference in uh, fantasy scoring, and that's. He didn't get that last year. I'd like to see him go back to that because I have a good bit of Dak, but uh, I'm still I'm curious as to what they're going to do as well. Yeah, but, and I wonder if last year if they just kind of limited his runs because of that ankle injury and then that calf injury and then the shoulder injury. You know, right. he kind He's of had those lingering down. things. Yeah, so I wonder if how much of that was like a preservation play calling or if it was just a, a completely change of their system. But like I said, then they come out today and say they're going to do more runs. But who knows if it's Coach Speaker if it's really true. Larry, your question was, will James Washington be anything more than James Washington in Dallas this year? <laughs> and the answer is no. James Washington is James Washington. He's just going to be James Washington. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sad because I hate, you know, shitting on players, but there just comes a time and this is a business and it's a league. And if you don't produce, like, and especially in fantasy, like if you're – you know, have one great game. We're still not going to have you on our roster. Was that a Gabe Davis reference there? Oh, <laughs> I've my husband and I have had conversations about Davis. He is a big Gabe Davis truther. I am not, so we've definitely well, been around and round about that. Congratulations um, on being right. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, again, yeah. while I why I run our co-managed teams, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, otherwise, you'd be saddled with Gabe Davis. So, yeah, I get it. So, Dalton Schultz, is he, is he the uh, wide receiver, too, for Dallas? I think well, so. You know, you remove Amari Cooper. You've got – you remove Blake Jarwin. You remove Cedric Wilson. You remove uh, Malik Turner. What is standing in the way of him just My being a, an absolute target monster? And I hate that, you know, everybody got excited about Wilson going to Miami – and then they get Tyreek Hill, and it's like, nope, he's irrelevant again. He'll just be a, a lesser version of Cedric Wilson now. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so is Cedric Wilson going to be anything more than Cedric Wilson in my own? Okay, no. here, okay, here it is right no, now. No, no, Cedric Wilson or James Washington? Who you got? <laughs> oh, my God. I want, well, Cedric, I want James Washington. I, I would have to go James Washington. Yeah, I guess. But, James Washington. But I don't like it. <laughs> Am I being forced to roster these people? Like, <laughs> Am I being forced to roster? Is this is this HQ one? I mean, these guys are these guys are who you who you take in an eliminator in like the last round. So I'm I'm actually spoiler alert writing some articles for Fantasy Alarm um, dealing with wide receivers, and part of my uh, strategy article is not just you know snap shares, target shares, things like that. But you want if you're trying to split hairs between really terrible receivers. Who has the highest passing volume? Who has the best track towards more targets? Who does this? And you've got Hill in Miami. You've got that terribly crowded backfield in a Mike McDaniel system who I think is going to be run heavier. So Dallas has the higher passing opportunity. And I think that's why Washington edges it out. But I don't feel good about either of them, honestly. Deep In a deep dynasty league with a lot of roster spots, guess if I have to choose, I'm taking James Washington. Yeah, you're right. We haven't spent too much time on James Washington. If we asked one question, and then we just put a, a Cedric Wilson cherry on top of the James yeah, Washington. Right, right. But I, you know, I want to touch on Dalton Schultz for a minute because there's <laughs> been a lot of people that are down on him, and I cannot figure out for the life of me why. Like he just reported to camp, he was holding. There was like rumors of him holding out because he didn't right, want right, right. to. He, he want to be a franchise tight end. I mean, it did come out of the woodwork, and it was eleven million the bucks. I mean, what what is he? 
Does he just want a long-term deal right out of the gate? Well, yes, that's what he wants. He doesn't want to be playing on a. Uh, I know, I get, it. I get the, you know, again, if you're gonna look out for yourself, and he's Dalton Schultz, he's a number two option in that Dallas offense. But right? I don't understand why everybody wants to shit on him specifically for being tight end or a touchdown dependent, because damn near every tight end is touchdown dependent. You've got your top four ish, five ish, maybe with Pitts and Waller thrown in there and Kittle, but other than that, everybody outside of that top tier is touchdown dependent. So why not take a guy who's the top two target on a team, especially in PPR? I don't understand the hate for Dalton Schultz. And and again, that high passing volume offense, I just I don't get the hate. They see I'm all about Dalton Schultz Schultz because he's more than touchdown dependent for me. Last year he was third in tight end targets. He was uh yes. sixth in tight end yards with eight hundred and eight. So I mean there's there's nothing to complain about with that. In a premium league where he's getting seventy eight receptions, that makes a difference. That's a bigger difference than having like a Dawson Knox, who is truly a tight end dependent. I mean, a touchdown dependent uh, tight end. That kind of situation for you know bothers me, kind of like Robert Tunyon did two years ago, like going into last year. I didn't want anything to do with Robert Tunyon because I didn't think that you know whatever it was, thirteen touchdowns on fifty six targets was repeatable. And yep. if I'm getting a hundred targets for my tight end, hundred hundred and ten, I'm all in on that. You know, in a tier two. You know, he's not going to be in the Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey tier, but he's firmly in that Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson tier. Like that that's where he belongs. Donald Schultz, huh? If he was in the if he was in a wide receiver conversation, where would he be? Wide receiver what? I don't understand what the question is here. If Dalton Schultz put up was Dalton Schultz gonna is is going to put up his Dalton Schultz numbers, but I mean so what Mark Andrews was a tight end. Okay. Are you, what you're saying is with putting up his numbers as a, as a wide receiver. Well, what I'm saying is Mark Andrews was wide receiver six in a 1.75 tight end this year. Yes. Oh, okay. would, I want to, I want to know where Dalton Schultz is in the wide receiver department. This is a segue. This is all about a segue. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, pull up. let me tell you where he would make him run DFF team. work for my segue. Mm, mm, work for that segue. Right. So Dalton, Dalton Schultz in a 1.75 <laughs> average 15.72 last year, mm. which would have put him right around. We're talking right about T- Devonta Smith. Was ding, he ding, ding, Devonta yes. Smith numbers? <laughs> no, Devonta Smith averaged less than 11 points a game last year. Yeah. In PPR, he was 10.9 points. Uh, wide receiver 30. I, I had this conversation with Andrew Hall earlier, and we have a bet going. Oh, on. what? Yeah. What, what do we but, got? Uh, we got a segue. But uh, Dalton, I mean, uh, Devontae Smith was wide receiver 30 and wide receiver 37 in points per game. And that's not even like including like the seven or eight game guys. That's wow. minimum of 10 games. Minimum of 10 games played for anybody. He was wide receiver 37 points per game. Where was he in the pecking order in Philadelphia? Well, he wide was number one. He had the he so had the most. They're, they're, okay, so there his him being a wide receiver one in Philly, uh, one of the most run heavy teams yes. in the league. He was the wide receiver, wide receiver one finished, in his rookie year, so we'll give him that. Yeah, uh, sure. Wide receiver thirty seven. So you well, wide receiver him, thirty overall, thirty seven in points per game. All right, I don't he played know. seventeen games, Sorry, so and that counts for something. You know, okay. Being on the field counts for something. Being in your life, you're betting Andrew Hall. It's a yes. charity bet. Yeah, we'll send ten bucks to the other person's charity, whoever wins. So Andrew's so, going to be sending. My favorite charity, ten dollars. That's mm-hmm. nice of him. So okay, so the question is, will Devonta Smith finish as a wide receiver twenty-four better in a PPR? Blah 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 blah. And my my, I will, I'm going to say, 
if he was the wide receiver one last year, and I, and I understand he's a rookie, so there will be some improvement in his numbers, but they just got a like a, a wide receiver one. <laughs> so why the hell is the yeah. going to be a wide receiver two? No, yeah. there, there was no way. That's well, here's where the conversation went. And, and I'm forecasting no more than 550 pass attempts for that team. Last year they had 494. Andrew is projecting 600 pass attempts for them. No, I, just, I can't sense. see it personally. And then I was, you know, making the, the point, if they go to even from four, 494 to 550, all right, that only gives Antonio, or, uh, A.J. Brown his targets because he moves, he bumps Quez Watkins back, and he takes Quez Watkins 62 targets, adds another 60 to get his 122. That's the entire extra pass volume that the Eagles would have if they go to 550. Even if they expand to 550 attempts this year, and I'm not sure they do, but even if they do, that only basically gives A.J. Brown his target share. Devontae Smith, unless they throw for 600 passes, is probably not going to see an increased target volume just because there's no room for him to grow, unless you're projecting him to be the alpha over A.J. Brown. If I stood next to A.J. Brown at six foot and above yes. 70, All I right. wouldn't look like an alpha. I'm just We need to know. bring Britt into this, into your secret Devonta Smith hate. He has a special – so Justin, he's run DFF. He's a marathon runner, and he has exact same body – as Devonta Smith. No, no, no. Hold on. No, so he's saying right now, there's no way I can be a wide receiver. I'm not saying I have the same body. <laughs> I'm not saying I have the same body. Minus the six pack. Yeah. Although I do have thicker legs than he does. So I'll say that. <laughs> well, let me just tell you, I'm 5'8 and 120, and I think my legs are bigger than Devonta Smith. <laughs> That's what it looks like. So. I'm sorry. It's just not, it's not a feasible NFL physique. I don't care how good you are. You're going to be injury prone at some point in your career anyway, because that's just how physicality works. And then you bring in AJ Brown and you've got this best friends narrative between him and Jalen hurts now. And then you still have Dallas Goddard on the team. Like there's no way. I don't think that there's any way possible that he finishes, especially with there were only seven teams that had, either two wide receiver twos or two, you know, wide receiver one and wide receiver three, basically two in that three tier category. Then you've got new Orleans bringing in all these receivers. You've got Arizona bringing in Marquise Brown. You've got Tennessee bringing in Traylon Burks. You've got the jets bringing in uh, Garrett Wilson. There are going to, there's going to be a lot more parity in this league and a lot less room for multiple wide receivers on the same team. And Devontae Smith's just going to get phased out. Like, I'm sorry, it's just going to happen. I think he can still get 100 targets. That's fine. But 100 targets for Devontae Smith. not going to get him unless he gets 10 touchdowns. And I don't see that happening. That's the big key. Like, why would I project more touchdowns for him this year? Listen. When you have someone like A.J. Brown who catches touchdowns and is going to – and is a big body dude. Like, my boy's a big body dude. You know, they started out two and five last year. And in that seven-game stretch, they were throwing like 36 times a game. Mm. And then they they realized, you know what? We have this a guy doesn't work for us. And from two and five, they finished nine and eight. I don't know if that, that math works out, but that's seven and three over the last ten. And they did it by running the ball. I mean, they straight up just abandoned the pass game. Mm-hmm. Went seven and three. Why would they? I know that people, the narrative is, when they traded for A.J. Brown, they're going to throw more. Why would they completely give up what made them good last year? Yeah, they're not changing 180. 
He's one wide receiver too on balance, but it's not like Devontae Smith can block. And AJ yeah. Brown blocked on like 30% of his snaps last season. So maybe they use him to run block. That's the yeah. only way that I see that Devontae Smith gets targets. But yeah, both yeah. of them are still gonna be, I mean, very much relegated to run blocking. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this is how I broke down the targets in my mind. Oh, so you really gave this some thought, but obviously you have a ten dollar. Oh bet. yeah, we had we had a good like thirty minute discussion on this. Oh, I, I missed got, the list. Oh, so was it the HQ chat? No, this is the Cool Kids Club. With oh, the, that's the uh, trade addicts. I'm uh, not in a trade addicts league. Brett, are you in a trade addicts league? No. Me neither. I, I actually me. despise trading. What? Oh, okay, no. let's talk about I this. Really, no, we will get into this. We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna. Really, I actually. Yeah, we gotta put you under okay. the microscope for this hold one. On. But hold on, I actually, Real quick, this is how I broke it down. I said, I said, target wise, <laughs> in my mind, it'll be 130 for AJ Brown, 110 ish for Devontae, another hundred for Goddard because that's what they do with the tight end, about 100, and then another hundred for the for running backs. So at that point, you're looking at 240, 340, 440 attempts. And then the last 100 can go to the periphery players. You're going to have some <laughs> random receiver that gets 30 or 40 targets and another tight end that gets 10 or 15, whatever. It's going to be some guy that gets a few targets here and there. And that's going to end up adding a 550. And there's just no no way that Devontae Smith and Andrew said 150, 150 for each for AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. I just don't Okay, so it. you dropped this bomb on us a minute ago, Britt. You don't like yeah. trading? Let's hear well, about this. I'm so, I'm excited. No, I'm excited. Like no, I'm excited to hear the, the the non-trader perspective. I want to hear it. I'm excited. It's hard to trade and redraft. It, and that's I think that's where my aversion to trading comes from because I did start out in redraft leagues and I'm just like, no, my team, my players, you know. I need a beer for this. And uh yeah. but in but in Dynasty, I think it's, again, that impatientness. You know, everybody always wants to offer me like a 2023 or a 2024 or whatever, like a future round pick for this player. And I'm too impatient to do that. Like, I'm not trying to rebuild. I want to win now. You know what so I hate you know trading what picks. You know, what, you know what your problem with is that? Is that you're thinking you have to take players with those picks in 2023 or 2024 instead of when it becomes trading November. The picks. When it comes November and that 2023 is so hot, I can go get me a Joe Mixon for that first or whatever, that kind of thing. That's so much work, though. Like, I just want to win. I just want to win. You're already a fan of you already It's not like you're not putting, uh, you know, it's not like you're not writing a 20,000 word. (laughs) No, I know. Well, I'm sure once I get into more dynasty leagues that I'll come around to trading. So you into rookies? Are you on the rookie train at all? Like, as far as, I mean, you're a big-time redraft person. Do you dig any rookies? I mean, maybe last year. So I've probably talked about this till I'm blue in the face, and it probably has something to do with me being a Razorback fan, but I really do think that Traylon Burks ended up in the best situation of any rookie to have the wide receiver one role sooner rather than later, to have an immediate impact. Obviously, Jalen Tolbert is going to have an impact, but he's not the wide receiver one on that team. You're looking at Tennessee, even in a low volume pass offense, they're talking about running him in a Debo Samuel role to kind of curb Derrick Henry's touches. So he's going to have not only passes, but snaps at running back. Robert Woods is going to be out still rehabbing that ACL and Burks is being drafted at like a 94 ish ADP right now. Mm -hmm. So he's solidly in that value range for wide receiver three. And he, I think he has the most, 
consistent floor and possibly the highest ceiling out of any of these guys. Ooh. Drake London kind of makes it on my list, but I just can't trust Mariota. And then he's competing with targets against Kyle Pitts and Patterson. So that's what edges out Burks over London for me with, you know, Olave and Wilson. They're kind of in a timeshare with everybody else in that wide receiving room. And then with Javinson Williams, he's still got his ACL rehab as well. He so he'll be there for the six, first six games of no, the year. So no. You know, when you tear your ACL in December, you might as well forget about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And there's the there's a lot of the mental not only the physical healing, but the mental mental aspect as well. Yeah, you gotta get over it like I can plant and, and go, you know. Like, can I put this foot down and really push and, and change direction? Do you see it? Do you have any sleepers or any league winners? What do you think in the rookie uh, rookie department this year? I mean, we've talked about Jalen Tolbert. Um, I also really like David Bell, even depending oh. on his quarterback situation. That Ooh. might change some things, but he's such an efficient route runner and so sure with his hands. And Kevin Stefanski helped develop Adam Thielen as like one of the best slot receivers when he was in Minnesota. I think they drafted Bell specifically as that Jarvis Landry slot receiver replacement. And there's not really a ton of competition for targets on that team either. I mean, you've got Cooper, but Cooper's always missed a game or two. And you know? so Cooper's never been a straight target hog either. He's never been that 150, 160 target guy. And right. then beyond that, you're looking at, you know, DPJ and Austin, who or, uh, David and Joku. As the next couple guys, Stefanski like, was also rumored to be doing cartwheels for uh, the, for when they drafted Bell. Like he, that was like the only guy he wanted in the entire draft, and they got him. And he was just like, and there's hype at a camp right now. He's not dropping. Yeah. He's not dropping anything. He's catching so, everything in sight. Think about David Bell a little earlier in your rookie drafts. If you still have still have some scheduled, I still have two. I also really like Tyler Algier too. I know a lot of people aren't really excited about Atlanta's. Yeah, out of BYU, I think he averaged like 6.2 yards per carry last season, um, was just a pure beast. And really, if you're looking at competition, I know Atlanta's offensive line sucks, but just pure competition. He's got Cordero Patterson, who I think they move more as a wide receiver because they really don't have any wide receivers either. And then you've got like 31-year-old Damian Williams. So I think Algier could really take over that backfield and and especially – closer to the end of the season when all your running backs are hurt, then you've got a number, an automatic RB one. So I'm a, I'm a Falcons fan, full disclosure. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of hype out of Falcons camp about Tyler Algier, Algier, not because he's doing anything, but just because there's opportunity. I still worry that a fifth round running back is never going to do it. Like that he's going to get on the field. And he's going to look like a Jag because that's well, what's his, what's his profile. What, what are, what, what's his like height he's and weight? A very he's average uh, like mediocre um, athletic guy. So speaking of trades, oh, let's talk about trades. What do you think about this one, Justin? Uh, this happened last week during our show, and I, I missed it. I missed the notification with Kaboom. Made this trade with Frank in the Dynasty Hot Sauce Listener League. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We, we talked about in last week's episode how I have too many running backs, so I was like, and I don't have any Jamison Williams. I traded Acres for Williams straight up. How do you feel about this? Okay, so long term, I like Williams more than Acres. I'm not an Acres dude. You mean long term, uh, like a dynasty league, long term type of situation? Well, my only problem with that is that in, <laughs> in ten months, I think that Acres is still more valuable than Jamison Williams because Jamison Williams will be playing his fourth or fifth or sixth game. Maybe he's banged up, et cetera. 
because he's, you know, compensation injuries, because those are common after ACLs, especially if you try to rush back. I just don't feel confident that Jameson is going to make a mark in his rookie year. That's, that, that's, what, that's the only thing that concerns me. The guy that had a ruptured Achilles tendon who's a running back. And then you have Jamison Williams who has an ACL, which everyone gets an ACL at some point in their career. Uh, everyone talks about how fast he is, blah 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 blah, and he's gonna have his, his uh, he's gonna have a QB one next year. They're gonna they're gonna have a top three pick, the Lions again, and they're gonna take one of the top quarterbacks next year. That's that's their plan. Sure, they stay, they've been building thousand. their team for a few years. They've had the perfect quarterback in golf. Let's do two things. Let's do uh, this year. Akers or James Williams, and then Dynasty, who would you prefer, Akers or James Williams? See, if you would have asked me this a week ago, I would have said Akers, but, or I would have said Williams. But now hearing about um, Kieran Williams' broken foot and Daryl Henderson's already dealing with a soft tissue injury, I tend to lean Akers just because I think that the volume is going to be there this season. Mm-hmm. Again, in Dynasty, it depends on if you're rebuilding or if you're looking, you know, to win this season. But Long term, it's going to be Williams, but this year I prefer Acres. And see, that's what's interesting to me, Larry, is that you do have, I think, a contender in this year. This year, yes. And You're then right. you traded away the piece that could help well, you win this year for well, a piece that's not going to help. Full you disclosure: I did drink too much last week. I think during okay. the show, and I, I threw. And we were just poo pooing that I had too many running backs, so I threw a bunch of trades out there, and I didn't have Jameson Williams. And I was like, you know what? I wanted to get a nice, nice piece of Jameis Williams. Maybe I should have got a, a pick added to, to the deal, perhaps. I don't know. But I feel I like know. it's a pretty uh, pretty even deal. No, I think I think value wise, it's very close. Yeah. But I think situational wise, it doesn't make sense for you. I team. don't think I could have gotten the one six for acres. One six is not he's not trading me the one six for acres. Maybe but not. but I can trade him acres for the for Williams. The player that went one six, yeah. Right. I don't know. So you have another trade on here, Larry. That's right. I sure do. Thank you. Baker or 23 second? Is this a – Okay. Yes. I did, make, I did make this deal. I was said this this is a deal I made with, with uh, Dynasty Nachos. I had heard. I talked about this. I think I mentioned this last week when we got into our Baker Mayfield discussion and his uh, trade value. And Dynasty Nachos was looking for a 23 second for Baker Mayfield. So I decided – and right out of the gate, I thought that was a great – uh, I feel, felt like that was fair, but when I researched it, nobody was paying that. So I was just, oh, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But after discussing it on the show last week, we were like, yeah, that's that seems fair. So I sent a 23 second that the Dynasty yeah. Nachos way. He sent me a, a he sent me a message. He was like, let me think about this for a little bit. I already knew he w- he was down for the 23 second. And uh, boom, he took it. So I got Baker Mayfield for a 23 second. I had two 23 seconds and uh, whatever. I got I got a, I got a quarterback who will probably be starting at some point next year, and I, and I like Baker. I have a Baker yeah, jersey. I'm pissed that it's a Browns jersey. Did you guys catch uh, the hype <laughs> this morning from uh, like the rumors that Carolina is more motivated to go get Baker now? Than I don't know why this? Seattle just doesn't fucking pull the trigger. I feel like well, Seattle, Seattle was in full on. We don't right. care about this year at all. There, yeah. Carolina wants to wants to win. Carolina wants to try so and find a way to win eight or nine games. I don't know why, but that's just what they're they're destined to continue trying to do. They're not like if they didn't want to, they would have moved Christian McCaffrey. Right. You know, they would have moved pieces that that actually hold some value, sort of like a dynasty player does. Where if you have a contending team, you don't want to move Christian McCaffrey, but if you're not contending, you wanted him off your roster six months ago, that kind of thing. 
Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know what Carolina is doing, but they're apparently interested in Baker. I don't think they know what they're doing. So that's nah, fair. Depending on again what your needs are and, and what your team looks like, I think I would rather have the pick because that 2023 class is stacked and I don't like that uncertainty of where Baker's gonna go or where he's gonna end up. But again, like if you need Baker and you need quarterbacks, then yeah, move them picks. Our our thought process last week was that as soon as Baker has a job, he's gonna fetch a little bit more than a 23 second. That I can see that. Is what it is. Like as soon as he gets a job somewhere, he's gonna be worth more than a 23 second. Well, and is this super flex, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah. We, so yeah, we don't play anything but super flex. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. in that case, it makes things a little bit different. And the, I mean, the Browns messed this all up. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We, we, we talked about Deshaun Watson last week. We talked about Baker Mayfield last week. So check that episode out. Before we wrap things up, we got to come up with a word, man. We made all these motherfuckers listen. We give you an hour to think, Britt. What do you, you got anything oh, you got on top of your dome there? You're in charge of the magic word tonight. A word that these people can, can message us to get an extra entry into the uh, Scott Fishbowl hundred yard dash meet that we're having because we're going to throw all these folks into prelims and then run them through and yeah. see who gets it's gonna be a hundred yard dash-a-thon salito the grand poobah of the uh scott fishbowl Palathon. <laughs> scott fish might may make an appearance i've been uh harassing him mm-hmm. ryan mcdowell as well we'll see how it goes i'm gonna say basil basil yeah there you go i dig it i was thinking about the other day after the arkansas game somebody had a dog and i was like i want a dog to and i want to name him basil because the dog's <laughs> the dog's name on the patio's name was weller so i wanted a dog named after whiskey too and so i just said basil do you have a dog right now yeah we have two oh, basil so or do basil do not go to the shelter and get another dog okay no, Two's enough uh, for now. Slow down. Oh, for sure. And we have two cats also. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel that pain. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you guys are like the jungle book over there. So, Britt, what have you got going on? Tell people where you can, where they can find yes. you. Uh, what you're working on these days. You got anything coming up? A little teasers. Let's hear about it. Yeah. So, right now, I'm working on some features for the NFL draft guide coming out on Fantasy Alarm. Um, it should be released in the next few weeks. Um, depending on, you know, what's going on with everybody's pace. Um, We have our lightning round fantasy pod every Wednesday at 830 Central, 930 Eastern. You can follow us at LR Fantasy and subscribe to our YouTube page. Um, We have Samantha Praviti from Action Network coming up with us tomorrow. Um, We're trying, talking about getting another start sit show for the, um, the NFL season going with lightning round as well. And then um, I've got some special projects coming up in partnership with Women of Fantasy Football and Fantasy Alarm. So yes. just keep tuned for that. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britt underscore Flynn. Flynn, oh. F-L-I-N-N, right? Yeah, phonetically. So. It's weird. There you go. Phonetically. Yeah, everybody would have been searching for whys. Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. Oh, here we go, baby. That's the end of the show. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. One, two, three, four. Larry Monkey and Justin Rogers. Talking Dynasty Football, baby.